Hey everybody, welcome back to Tech and Beer. We're live again from the Celtic Corner in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that's not only really important, but uh, really interesting as well, and that's cybersecurity and ethical hacking. And it seems like, you know, at the moment, if you turn on the news every week, there's a, a new breach from some big company or some new kind of virus that's uh, got out on the market that's going to threaten everybody. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to learn and talk about this. And our guest today is uh, Travis Barlow. Travis is a VP and founder of uh, GoSecure and manages their advanced threat protection group here in Dartmouth. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Not quite. Uh, Not quite. I'm a VP of the threat uh, hunt group there, yes. But okay. uh, founder of the Atlantic Security Conference. That's right. Yeah. Atlantic Security Conference. Yeah. Good try, though. Well, you know, I, I always make effort. mistakes. So that's what the beer's for. Covers a lot of mistakes. Good. So, yeah. So Travis is going to have a chat with us today and, and uh, hopefully, yeah, brings up to speed on what's going on in the cybersecurity world. Sure. And today we're drinking the, uh, the Garrison Irish Red. Perfect. Yeah, so cheers, cheers. Travis. Welcome to Tech and Beer. Thank you. Mmm. It's not bad. Yeah, that's good. That's my first time. I could have a second one of those. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Garrison, they're another local uh, Halifax-based brewery. They are. Uh, they've right. been around for, for a little while, but uh, yeah, they do, they do a good job. That's delicious. That's just right. So what's your background, Travis? That's a great question. Um, 21 years in now, so okay. I'm going to start to date myself in regards to age. Um, this is 24, 21st year in. Uh, started off uh, help desk when I got out of school. Wow. One year of college help yeah. desk. Um, working with a little company called Maritime uh, Maritime Tell and Tell, MTT. <laughs> yeah. Back when they were still around, I don't know if anybody remembers that. Again, getting older. Um, but uh, went from there, always interested in cybersecurity, uh, to the point where I was talking cybersecurity a few times. I almost got fired from different jobs for doing so. <laughs> Uh, 2006, I went and got a CISSP, a Certified Information Security uh, Systems Professional. Uh, so it's a pretty well-known certification. Uh, it was one that I overstudied for. Uh, scared to death to write it. Biggest exam <laughs> in my life up to that point. Cost a bit, fair bit of money. Had to fly to Montreal all the time to write it. You couldn't do it online. Okay. Uh, went and wrote that. Was humbled by that experience. Let me tell you, I was sitting in a room with about 80 other people that were writing it. And uh, most of them uh, definitely had more experience than I did. I was the youngest guy in the room. And uh, there, were, there was a lot of people in tears. They were that stressed about this exam. Like it was for a lot of people back then, it was a fundamental uh, or pivotal moment for their career if they could achieve this. Yeah. So I, I achieved mine. I uh, came back, um, did a bit of uh, consulting for different companies, talked security a couple more times. Clients was told, "Don't do that ever again, because it's <laughs> going to slow down our project implementations." Okay, sorry. Uh, and then uh, you know I uh, worked for different a couple different organizations. Finally, doing a bit of security at one. Uh, which was great. Uh, lasted about a year there and left for other reasons. Uh, then uh, worked with the uh, Big Four accounting firm, uh, which was a great experience. Learned a lot. But what really started my career was uh, about uh, a year in, uh, I got a call from a friend of mine who was at a little bar call, called Tribeca in downtown Halifax, down from Toronto. And he said, you got to come have a drink with me. And I said, ah, I'm on the way home. And he said, no, no, come around, turn around. I said, I got a little kid at home now, an infant, right? And he's, ah, I already called your wife. It's okay. I'm like, oh, ah, we're in trouble now. Those are the best friends, the one that uh, organized the drinking for you before yeah, you go. Yeah. So I, I done a UE, got back on the bridge, and I was going over to meet him, and I, I called home, and uh, before I had a chance to say, yeah, I already know, and you're paying for the shopping trip. I'm like, okay. So uh, anyway, we got over there, and we had uh, three beer in. He said, why don't you throw a conference here? And I said, it won't work. And uh, six and a half beer in, I picked the venue, came up with the name okay. pretty well and uh, a time, and we said, yeah, we're going to do this. Uh, and then the next day, after getting a cab home out, out to Lawrencetown from downtown, which is not cheap, 
because yeah. uh, I certainly couldn't drive at that point. Uh, the next day, I, I get a cab back in, get my truck, go to work. I'm sitting in the office about 10 a.m., hungover, just miserable. Yeah. And he sends me an email, said, can't wait to go to your conference. And I'm like, oh, my. So then we had to troll it off. And that's what really started my career. I've got to be honest with you, in IT security, we, uh, we pulled it off. I got some like-minded people together, formed a nonprofit, uh, bootstrapped it with one of my lines of credit. Uh, the first year, we had 42 people. I'm pretty sure 40 of them we paid for. Uh, it, was, it was interesting. Uh, this past year in April, we were up to 702. Wow. So good organic growth, and we continue to grow. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, that's what really started me down the line and got me the first year of that conference. I had three job yeah. offers the second day, yeah. uh, all pure security play. I took one, and uh, the career has just kind of gone like that ever since. Right. It's the most interesting field that I know of. Yeah. It's the most exciting. It's not for somebody that wants to work seven hours a day. Right. It's, it's a field that you need to be on all the time. You need to be researching. I'm not yeah. sure you can work seven hours a day and do all right, but if you want to be a leader, you can't. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of effort that goes into this. Like anything, I, I guess, it's probably, uh, especially in a field that's changing so much, you're yeah. going to get out of it what you put into it, right? So. Precisely. Yeah. And as you mentioned earlier, there's so much happening every week. There's new breaches. I mean, if you're following the news, just uh, yesterday and today, there was a major breach apparently at two <laughs> banks. Okay, yeah, it's, it's a breach. Uh, is it major? I'm sure they think it is. Uh, I'm sure people will impact to think it is. Um, but when somebody says major breach to me, I'm thinking a full compromise. Yeah. This appears to be stolen credit card and account data, right. which uh, is bad enough in itself. I'm not downplaying that, but uh, I love how the media makes a sensational story out of these things. It, the media definitely has an interesting role to play in how people perceive uh, security breaches and, and the potential risks involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, like anything, they sensationalize a lot of it, right? So that's interesting. Yeah. So tell me about your work with GoSecure and, and some of the stuff that you guys do there. Sure. So I joined about four years ago uh, to build out a threat hunt practice. So okay. GoSecure has been around since 2002, uh, Montreal-based. I joined about four years ago with an idea. Okay. And uh, it was interesting because they, they got behind me in my idea. And uh, we built it out here in Halifax. We have 39 people. We, uh, we deploy our technology, we threat hunt for people 24-7 organizations on their networks uh, and off their networks as well. And when we see a threat, we can actually mitigate it for them. Okay. So it's, it's been rather interesting. Uh, it's been a learning experience. What yeah. I thought threat hunting looked like four years ago, much like our conference, what I thought it looked right. like at the beginning, it doesn't look like today. What's changed? What's the biggest change? The technology, the speed that yeah. needs to be achieved in. Uh, when we initially started, uh, most threat hunting was based on even our competitors today, a lot of them still do this, logs and traffic. Okay. Uh, what we find, where we get a lot of our findings uh, that lead to threats, it's behavioral-based now. So we've moved that road, uh, down that road of behavior-based uh, on the endpoints and service, right. workstations and servers, which has really given us a leg up. Uh, and we continue to evolve. So now we're actually have a couple of data scientists and developers working with me. We're building, we have our own machine learning back threat hunt platform right. that we're just seeing the, uh, I guess, maturation of right now, we're starting to deploy. Yeah. Uh, and it's definitely given us a leg up. Uh, so everything we've learned in the last three and a half years, from a threat hunt perspective, we've taught technology to do for us. So right. now we can focus on the real key things that we want. I, go, I missed them. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've got, uh, we got some special guests. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Airborne. Exactly. Interesting. So you mentioned machine learning there, and, and uh, I mean, I'm in the IT space as well, and I... I tend to, I get different vendors come to me with kind of machine learning based products that can, with lots of claims about what they can do. What, what scares me about that is that when you're talking about your security, are you really gonna trust it to a, a machine? How do you know if the machine learning platform is, is really doing what it says it's doing? So that's and, great. And how do you know that that's not breached itself? 
valid question. And uh, I can tell you that uh, I was at RSA about a month ago. And that's the biggest security conference in the world, and it's the, it's the biggest vendor pitch in the world. Yeah. I don't know how many vendors they had, had there, but I spent two days walking that floor looking at different technology. Not much excited me. So we'll talk about machine learning in a second, but if anybody says artificial intelligence, walk away. Right. Because nobody's there yet in my mind. They'll pitch it, and then they'll argue until they're blue yeah. in the face. When it comes to machine learning, machine learning is interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I got a data scientist. You're welcome to interview sometime as well up there, Alex Ketty, genius. Uh, young guy from Halifax, real smart guy, got a great beard. So <laughs> I figure it, the smarter he gets, the longer the beard gets. But anyway, um, you know, with machine learning, you have to continue to train. And I think what happens, a lot of product-based companies, especially around security, what will happen is they'll build a product and they'll see some success, some detection success, some mitigation maybe, and they'll go to market. But with a lot of product companies, the idea is build it mm. and then slow down your development and sell as much, make as much profit as you can selling what you already have. And when it comes to security, that's a lose-lose. Right. That's not going to work. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm always leery when somebody says machine learning because I want to know how they're doing it. Like the way we're looking at it now is a constant retraining as we go. Yeah. And uh, it's a big investment to do that. It's not, sure. you can't automate the retraining yeah. at the level you'd like to, right? Because it, requir yeah. it requires uh, te testing, revision testing. It's, there's a lot to this. So if I'm a small business owner or a business owner today, what, what are the biggest kind of risks to me as a, from a cybersecurity perspective? What, are, what should I be doing? What should I be looking out for? What should I be aware of? It really comes down to the type of business you are. Watch your presence. Yeah. I mean, everybody, every business has an internet connection. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll blow your mind with what I'm about to say. Recently, I've come across a couple of companies that are not clients, and they've called us up looking for assistance, only to realize they don't even have a firewall, a basic firewall, or a 12-year-old yeah. firewall, Yeah. right? Um, so it's, uh, you know, I mean, the basics aren't being done. Mm. And I, that, that's, that's a challenge right now for a lot of small <laughs> to medium businesses in this region. Um, we're seeing a lot of people get hit with ransomware. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And not so much the opportunistic ransomware, opportunistic ransomware you've seen a few years ago where they spam or they, they send ransomware attachments out to a couple hundred thousand or a million email addresses. Yeah. Now we're seeing targeted. So if somebody has, for instance, a moon server in their office, which is uh, Microsoft, say Microsoft Small Business Service, RDP, remote desktop, open to the internet. Right. No two-factor, single-factor authentication, username and password. We're seeing an attacker target these guys, and it's easy to find them. You use a website called Chodan. You can find anything you want, okay. uh, or you can just scan the internet. But you get in there. They, they compromise it. Brute force attack. They get in. They start looking around. They say, oh, here are your backups over here. Here's your server. Here's a, oh, here's your finances. What do, what do you bill on average a month? So if you're down two weeks, what's it worth to you? Let's see. And then they encrypt everything. Yeah. And we're seeing more and more of that. Between Christmas and New Year's, I personally received four calls from companies I've never heard of saying, can you help us? Yeah. And we got one last week. My backups are encrypted. My servers are encrypted. Can you help us? Sorry. You know, but that comes back to a base principle. Where are your backups stored? Right. Are they off network or on network? Everybody's moving towards these technology solutions that yeah. are easy and fast. Fast to backup, fast restore. They don't think a lot about the uh, potential for ransomware and so forth. Right. right? So I know a lot of organizations that are after paying out. Yeah. You know, no, me too. I've heard that. It's a shame, really. But Yeah. It, it, and it, again, I think some of it comes down to what business are you in and, and what's the kind of information you're storing. And, but uh, it's, it is a shame, and it's, it's a big cost to a lot of businesses. That's why it's a multi-billion dollar industry now. Right. Um, interesting. It, it is, but you, you raise a good point. Multi-billion dollar industry that, in a lot of cases, is driven on fear. Absolutely. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt, yeah. FUD, as you know. And, uh, you know, personally, we don't operate like that. Uh, and I, I know a lot of organizations that don't. But I think 
when you look at the purchasing, people doing the purchasing today, most of them are they're fearful. They don't want to be hit. And they don't want to be known as, if you're a CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, right. you don't want to be known as the guy that was hit because <laughs> yeah. you didn't buy this or you didn't buy that. Yeah. The other side of this is you have a lot of vendors promising the world. At the end of the day, your device, your next-gen firewall, your software solution, it can't do all of that. It might do it in the best occasions. Will yeah. it do it all the time? No. Will it be 100%? No, because in security, nothing's 100%. And true security is three things, sweat, blood, and tears Right. <laughs> on top of the tech because you need that human component that we talked yeah. about earlier. Without that human component, it's going to fail. Right. It's people in process. Yeah. And dedication. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well. So, what, from, from your perspective, what are the um, trends going forward? So, go, going forward in the cybersecurity world, uh, what's the biggest trend that we see? I think you're going to see more move towards automation. So you've heard of network orchestration. Okay. You're going to see more security orchestration. Uh, we've already seen some companies come up with that. My big fear is when you talk about a trend in the industry, right now a lot of people are creating great tech, but they're creating it, they're venture cap back, which I'm not against by any means. Right. But you got to look at if you were a CISO now and you're going to invest, say it's just a quarter million, which is a nice chunk of change, in this technology, is it going to be there next year? We're seeing a lot of movement right. in the, the providers, the vendors, and I think there's going to be a lot of consolidation in the near future. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some already, uh, but I think in the next year or two, there's going to be much more. Yeah. There's still going to be constant startups, new VC-backed ventures, but uh, I think even the investors are starting to say, when am I going to see my money? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of money been invested in this industry, and you know, a lot of people are saying, how soon till I see my money, my return on my investment? Yeah. In regards to threats, uh, I mean, right now, I, I gave a talk, a keynote a couple weeks ago in Newfoundland, and I can tell you that, I said the same thing there, I'll say here, the biggest threat to you as an individual organization is based on somebody wanting to make money. It's all right. financial. Occasionally there's going to be something else, there's going to be all hacktivism or something, which is great, but the biggest one we're seeing right now is financial, that's not going to change. They want your money. Now your money can come in many terms, yeah. in many forms. It could be actual taking money out of your account, taking money from your company, encrypting you, yeah. ransomware and so forth. Uh, this the bank that I told you about earlier, the two banks that were compromised, they actually they didn't know until they received the ransom demand yeah. for a million dollars. Uh, and even if they pay it, who's to say that data is going to come back or be deleted? Yeah. Who knows? Do they really have the data? Who knows? Yeah. Right? I don't know all the ins and outs of this right yet. It's still coming out. It's active. But, uh, you know, the other type, of the other type in the, with that bank issue today, yesterday and today, is data. What data do you have in your organization? What would yeah. that be worth? So if you're a provider, if you're managing somebody's networks, you have access to their networks, how do you right. protect that? Absolutely. Recently, with one of my clients, we became aware of when we started digging in on something, that their third-party provider that has remote access to their networks yeah. doesn't use two-factor authentication. So anybody on the internet could hit this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And get access. Uh, and then it got really interesting because then we found out that a third-party, when I had a conversation with them, a third-party provider is also used by two other clients I know of <laughs> who hadn't informed us. Yeah. Right? Interesting. Very interesting. So, I mean, it's uh, one, of, one bit of advice I'll, I'll give any of your viewers is if you're using a third party, whether they're just managing your network, managing servers, if they connect remotely, how do they do it? Right. That makes sense. If you're a smaller business, do you have a firewall? What type of firewall? Yeah. You know, uh, look at replacing that. Make sure it's up to date. Is it up to date? That's, uh, I had a customer just last week. They've, believe it or not, they've got a number of firewalls and none of them are updated so ever. they're not so the subscription subscriptions expired yeah subscriptions expired so the value is like nil yeah in, in, in reality when we look at clients that have next gen firewalls uh which is what you buy today obviously where the integration of antivirus network scanning traffic scanning everything 
most, most of them integrate an endpoint agent too for your uh, workstations and servers. Uh, you know, we look across our client base, doesn't matter what they're running, at best, these next-gen firewalls are catching about 25% of the threats. Right. So there's still 75% left, right? Yeah. You know, so... So, change topics a little bit here. Yeah. So l let me ask you about ethical hacking. Because sure. that's always a term that perhaps not a lot of people understand completely. And when we see things that have happened, like what's happened here with the province recently, mm -hmm. and um, different companies looking to employ an ethical hacker to test them. Like, how, how does that work? Tell me, about, tell me about ethical hacking. Explain what it is and, and how it works. Certainly, so ethical hacking is basically you as a client would engage me or my team to perform an attack, uh, an actual hack on you. Yeah. Can we get in from the outside? Typically, it comes in multiple forms, internal. So we're pretending we're inside your network already, seeing if we can get data exfiltrated. External, uh, we're trying multiple ways to get in from external. Sometimes it's black box external, which right. is the day of, my, my team doesn't know who they're, who they're hacking until the morning of. Ah, okay. The engagement starts, and I say, here's the name of the company, without telling me anything else. Yeah. You know, we got one guy that, within 30 minutes of getting the name, he was from inside, outside, sorry, to inside their data center and full domain admin access in 30 minutes. Wow. Right? And then you can add other things on there, such as phishing attacks. We typically don't do phishing attacks that target users. Yeah. Because we know somebody's going to click on it. Yeah. It's a given. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, so that's what ethical hacking is. Uh, it's very interesting. It's a great trade to be in. Uh, I've seen, uh, years ago I used to do a bit of it for some organizations, uh, now I'm too old and too slow, uh, I'll say that, but uh, the people that we have doing it right now, performing ethical hacking, our pen te penetration test team, yeah. these guys, they can do anything, they're right. amazing, like we have a, a team that recently reverse engineered ATMs for one of our large global banking clients. Wow. And uh, very, they were very impressed with the results. In a week, they had done like four major things that nobody else seemed to be able to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, take one ATM, compromise it, have the rest of the ATMs globally spew out all their cash. Yeah. You know, things like that. So when he, he was so excited, the guy, the main guy, sent down to do this. He called me up. He said, uh, "So what do you want to do?" I said, "Well, let's go for a road trip." And of course, we were joking. We wouldn't do that, but you know, um, it was it was definitely interesting. Client was happy, but that's the level of things that we do. Yeah. Uh, we pen test uh, airplanes. Right. A lot of manufacturers of airplanes will use us, and before we, uh, you know, that USB you can plug in to charge yeah. up your phone, right? You plug that in, can you get from there, can you take over the flight systems? Right. In the last couple of years, there's been some claims, so our team would actually pen test some of those planes yeah. before they're allowed to be certified to fly. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's an amazing industry, it's an amazing part of our industry. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people say they do this. Uh, what I can, the advice I can give you, if you know anybody who wants to be a pen tester, right. um, it's not as simple as just saying, uh, let me write a certification and go. Because you need to understand every aspect. You need to understand the code, the network, right. you know, everything. I would imagine there's quite a high level of not just intuition, but kind of understanding of, yeah, multiple systems that needs to be there. I don't know. I find intu intuition comes from understanding yeah, to, to an extent true. myself when it comes to these things. Um, but definitely a high level understanding of everything. Uh, you know, I mean, for my people that do threat hunting, I start off with packet analysis. Right. Can you do packet analysis during the initial interview? Here, tell me what that is. And if you yeah. can't do it without Google, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. You know, you're probably not going to be a good fit. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but no, the industry itself, pen testing is amazing. Um, you know, it's a great career for somebody. Okay. The, the salaries are very, very well done for people that can get results. So that brings up a good question. So how, it's a great career and obviously cybersecurity is going to be around for a long time. So how does somebody get into it? What, what's, what's, what are the main, what's the best paths in? What's the... I, I would always recommend you start with a network course. Okay. So whether it's diploma, network support, network engineering, architect, maybe 
Masters of Internet Working from Dalhousie. They have a great program over there. Shelly Keynes, Bill Robinson doing a great job over there. Okay. Uh, big supporter of what they do. Uh, Nova Scotia Community College here in SEC. They're actually starting this year their first cybersecurity course, two years. Wow. Which uh, is very impressive as well. That's, that's uh, Ron cool, McLeod's yeah. over there leading that, doing a great job, some other people. Um, pretty excited about that. I'm pretty excited to see yeah. in two years' time the level of resources we have coming out of that. Yeah. Um, what a great thing for this region as well to have uh, those kind of courses in our education. Because, I mean, we've got some fantastic educational institutions. We so do. To, to start spitting out tech-focused talent like that would be would be awesome. There's a big market for it, I tell you. I mean, we started here, and my, my whole goal was to start with GoScare here and export our services everywhere, hire here and export right. our services. And we were doing quite well. And lately, in the last year, we've landed a lot of clients in the region. But that was, that's indirect. That's not something we, we were chasing. Yeah. The goal was to hire people here, create jobs, and do services elsewhere. Our first client was in Boston. Right. Four years ago, we had some desks. The chairs hadn't arrived. We were on lawn chairs. <laughs> you know those folded ones from Canadian Tire with the beer cup holder? Yeah. That's what we were sitting on. We had our first client, <laughs> and it just kind of spawned from there. And now we're, I think we're getting ready to deploy to our 100th right now. Wow. Yeah, so I'm pretty that's excited. But uh, That's, that's a great up. milestone. Yeah, cheers yeah. to that. It'll be good, man. That's cool. It'll be good, thanks. But uh, like you said, with the right resources, it can be done here. And yeah. the more we educate people, and especially we set them up right when they're going right into school. Yeah. So uh, otherwise, I mean, I've hired a lot of people that came out of Nova Scotia Community College that came from the database administration program. Okay. They seem to have the mindset they need. Yeah. And then we, we give them a three-month boot camp. We train them up, and then they work on our senior people, and we slowly bring them up the ladder. But uh, some of my best threat hunters are DBAs. That's their education. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I tell clients this, and they come up and they meet them. They're like, this is amazing. <laughs> they're blown away because... They're used to old guys like me and you. Right. And you know what? Old guys like me and you can't keep up with these kids today. I'm telling you. It's like uh, watching these people operate. It's like somebody watching somebody back. Yeah. Remember arcades when we were kids? I do. You remember I you do. get 10 bucks and quarters, you go Look, to the arcade. and you'd... I'm so sad. that I was thinking just the other day, I was so sad that arcades don't exist anymore. Yeah, like, that dark, danky arcade yeah. with the flashy lights, the smell of cigarette smoke, because <laughs> you can still smoke in them. You know, I, I miss that, yeah. ironically. I yeah. really miss that. And uh, Golden Axe. That was my game. I don't know what that was. You don't go next? No. Uh, I grew up in the UK, so we probably had uh, Pac-Man. games. Yeah, Pac-Man and Defender, remember Sega Defender? Rally and stuff like Sega that. Sega Rally? Yeah. Uh, Defender yeah. Afterburner? Yes. Yeah, I used yeah. to play that. Yeah. Yeah. I still got a Sega at home. Do you? I got okay. a Terry 2600 nice. and I got a Sega. <laughs> Not the Genesis, just a Sega. Yeah, just but, a Sega. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Kids today got it easy. These new Xboxes and PS4s. Well, you know, and they, they're so connected, right? It's, uh, you know, whether it's uh, through... Phones, tablets, computers—it's—they don't even have to get up out of their out of their chair to explore the world. It's—it's yeah. uh, it's a good thing and a bad thing. I think it's—it's it's a balance, right? It's how do you? I think, from a security point of view, I have some massive concerns about this generation. Right? Yeah. You know, we're we're seeing it. I mean, everything's out on the net. If you look at what happened just with Facebook, yeah, people are calling me when all that got announced about Facebook and that third-party company that was based in the UK, Cambridge, Cambridge, yeah. Cambridge Analytica, uh, taking all the data. I got to be honest with you. People are calling me up I'm like, "What do we do?" I'm like, "Well." And they're mad. Hmm. And I'm like, well, why are you mad? Even my family was mad. My family uses Facebook to share <coughs> pictures, Newfoundland, yeah. right? And well, why are you mad? Well, they shouldn't have done this. I'm like, but you put your data out there. And well, I know they shouldn't have done it, but common sense says if you put, give it to somebody else, you can't control what's going on. It's, it's funny you mentioned that. I was talking last week to a few people about the, uh, the Amazon Alexa yeah. and those in-home <laughs> devices. And yeah. I mean, okay. You know, they're there. They're fairly simple devices. They're, there's only so much they can do. And but for me personally, I'm not ready to have those in my home yet, just because I've got a family. Um, you don't know what, where that day, we're not fully aware of how, what it means to have a fully integrated IoT home. 
what kind of risks and uh, compromises are going to be available yet uh, or going to happen yet. So to me, it's just like, why would you do that? Why would you connect everything in your home on a, probably an unsecured network? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's your family. It's, it's the most precious thing you've got. Precious. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but. I wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot stick. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, don't, I don't do, I, I love technology. I consider myself a somewhat early adopter, you yeah. know. I, I got the iPhone X, I got the watch. And yeah. Technology, it makes sense. Um, yeah. But something like that, I'm very cautious about. Like you said, you don't want it near your family, near your house necessarily. You know? A lot of my colleagues, a lot of my friends have them. Yeah, and they're, they're great. Yeah. I mean, South Park did a great skit on this. Cartman. Right. I haven't seen that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to recommend you watch it, but <laughs> you should watch it. Nobody else should watch it. Uh, but uh, he has Alexa and he has the other one and uh, he gets them all talking. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. But recently, there was uh, just in the news two days ago, or maybe it was Friday, there was a lady that basically her, her conversation was recorded and sent to a friend of hers, a conversation between her and her husband yeah. in a personal setting. There were keywords in there that caused Alexa, I believe, to record it and then send it to a friend of theirs. Right. So I think what it comes down to is people need to realize, I don't care if it comes from Google, if it comes from Amazon, technology is not infallible. No. Technology will fail. It fails a lot. Most times you don't know about it because there's people behind it to take right. care of it, but technology fails. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can trust technology, but it's not going to be 100%. And you know why it's not going to be 100%? Pure and simple. If a human designed it and built it, it's going to fail. We're not 100%. We're yeah. not 100%. There's exactly. no way to get there. And now, if we ever get AI, you're, you're a fan of the Terminator series? Oh, absolutely. So am I. So am I. I love that stuff. I'm going to watch it again tonight now yeah. that we talked about it. But um, you know what? If you're a fan of AI, if we get to the point where AI can produce its own, uh, I'm going to get very concerned. Yeah. And I don't think we're nearly, I don't think we're close to that at all right now. I'm a little bit of a skeptic, personally, is if we can get to... Tr I, mean, I know we can get to very, very, very smart machines, but I think there's a... I read a book and, and listened to a big interview from uh, the chess player from Russia, Gary Kasparov, and he was talking about, we've got to understand what is the difference between AI and just really smart algorithms. So there's a big difference there, because we can teach him... I mean, he lost to Deep Blue... And everybody used to say that when a, a machine can beat a, the grandmaster at chess, that's AI. Well, it's not really. It's not AI. Like, I mean, it's, it's just multiple choice, right? You know, it's, it's how to, what, what, what's my choice here? Uh, so that's, I'm a li I think we're a far, far further off from true AI than, um, than we, most of us think. But. Most representations I've seen of AI, and I think you're correct, by the way, but most representations I've seen of AI, if they make the mistake of letting us look under the covers, what it really is, is loop logic. Yeah. Basically, it's just recycling logic. Oh, it's not this, so it must be this, or it must be this. It's like multiple choice, but a very bad multiple choice. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Okay. Well, so from a security perspective, anything else you want to tell us about? We've probably got to wrap up here soon, but uh, yeah, you're, you're my smart guest today, so... I'm your only guest today, so it narrows the field. <laughs> Let's be realistic. Well, I always try to have smart guests, yeah. so, you know. I thought you were going for good looking. That's what you told me today. <laughs> no? uh, you know, people need to be aware. Yeah. We're at a point right now where I had this talk last week with someone. I don't care if you're a home user. I don't care if you're a business user. You need to be aware of the risks. Yeah. Okay, and there's a lot of great resources out there to learn about these. I'll mention uh, one organization, uh, okay. Serene Risk. Okay. They have an online learning platform where you can go and you can learn about the attacks to your personal banking, to your organizations, yeah. how different attacks work, phishing attacks and so forth. It's free. 
Yeah. It's government-backed. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and they do a great job of it. They're at my conference in right. April. Uh, I can also speak to the fact that, like tonight, for instance, we're having Halifax Area Security Clatch. Yeah. And that is free for anybody to attend. There's a bit of food and a few drinks. Uh, and it's open to everybody. It's at the tap room at 6 p.m. Yeah. Wide open. Um, you know, and there's, there's knowledge that is shared there. A lot of like-minded security professionals. Now, if you're not a security professional, be prepared because we're all paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but there's nothing wrong with a bit of healthy paranoia. Absolutely. But people, coming back to it, people need to take responsibility for their data and their security. And everybody can. The resources are there. And, uh, I mean, if they have any questions, they can contact you and we can talk and we, can, we may post some stuff. Absolutely. But uh, be more than willing to help out there. Uh, meanwhile, if anybody has if anything serious, somebody wants to talk to me, they can. You put them in touch with me. And yeah. We'll have a chat, but uh, you know we're here to help. Uh, I think that from an IT security community point of view, which basically me and some of my colleagues built in Atlantic Canada, because there was none. You really did, yeah. yeah we, we, um, that's, well, I mean, you we, we built you, it. You structured it. We, we you, structured it because we wanted it because it didn't exist and we were lonely, yeah. right? <laughs> IT security, lonely people. I'm telling you, but you don't want lonely IT people are dangerous. You don't want. So. You don't want that. You're right. So. Uh, but if, any, if we can do anything to help, it's just a matter of reaching out to me or any of my like-minded resources and uh, we're there. And uh, knowledge is pretty well free. Yeah. Knowledge sharing, it's, uh, it's free if it's for the right, idea, right reasons. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Good. Well, thank you very much. I, thank you. I want to say thanks to you, Travis, for uh, coming on the show today. And thanks to you and uh, GoSecure for sponsoring this, uh, this event. Our uh, pleasure. It's uh, very much appreciated. And yeah, if, you, if you're out tonight in Halifax and you're looking for an event to attend, go to the Hask. Uh, the tap room, tap room on the, the tap room is the third floor above the above lower deck. Above the lower deck, that's yeah, right. Above lower deck, yeah. And uh, yeah, check it out. So, yeah, thanks a lot, guys, and uh, catch you next time.